0: Hello, and welcome to Global Data Themes Instant Insights. At Global Data, we define a theme as something that keeps a CEO awake at night, as businesses that invest in important themes will succeed, and those that don't will fail.
1: Hello, and welcome back to Instant Insights. I'm Sarah Coop, and today I'll be chatting to Nick Wyatt and Hannah Free from Global Data's travel and tourism team. And we'll be discussing some of their top predictions for the travel industry in 2023. Hi, Nick. Hi, Hannah. How are you both doing?
2: Yeah, hi, Sarah. I'm well, thank you. How are you?
1: Yeah, good, thanks. Not bad. How are you doing, Hannah? I'm good, thank you, too. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, all good. Um, so, yeah, thanks a lot for coming on. And uh, let's jump into your first prediction. So... China has adopted a zero COVID model, um, which has obviously disrupted travel. Um, what do you guys expect to happen in 2023?
2: Yeah, I think, first of all, what I would say on that is that China has kind of been the burning question on everybody's lips. Uh, sort of pre-COVID, it was the sort of largest source market globally. So, you know, there were a lot of destinations that were bringing in a lot of tourists from China, a lot of business travelers from China. So, you know, it's been a big question of when is that going to come back online? I think when you talk to people within the travel and tourism space, be that destination marketing, hotels, airlines, airports, whatever, everybody's kind of said that will be when, you know, we can really say the recovery's happened is when that major source market is kind of back online and back in play. So it's been a big, big question. So I think the prediction is that that will remain the case. That people will be really, really keen on on sort of when is the Chinese source market coming back, and when it is coming back, how do we attract it and get it back up to speed quickly? But the hope is that it will mean that some sort of so that source market will come back online in some kind of meaningful way in in twenty
1: twenty three. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's had a huge impact, obviously, on travel. Also on things like supply chains as well. But yeah, it's kind of been a really long-standing issue. Uh, Hannah, have you got anything to add uh, in line
0: with that? Obviously, what Nick said, no one really knows what's going to happen with the Chinese source markets. Some people are saying sort of latter half of 2023. Others are saying more towards 2024. But I think um, one of the big things to sort of note with the return of the Chinese source market, whenever it may be, is likely that they're going to be um, sort of traveling in a very different way. So you can see some um, sort of their preferences have changed. Um, there's a lot more interest in sort of health and wellbeing tourism, A lot more interest in um, sort of domestic tourism. We've seen a big, big surge in domestic tourism. Um, so we might also see them sort of traveling to different destinations um, or sort of historically um, Chinese travelers have liked to travel in groups, but obviously where group travel hasn't been an option. Um, For the Chinese source market, we might see more family travel, more couple travel. And so I think that's a really important thing to note for the return of the Chinese source market is they likely won't be traveling in the same way.
1: That's really interesting. Yeah. A kind of shift uh, in those kind of historical patterns. Um, Let's move on to your second prediction, which is um, around ESG. So obviously, ESG has been discussed at length in 2022, uh, even though we've had various geopolitical and macroeconomic issues, which might have overshadowed those discussions. Uh, but what are your predictions for travel and tourism companies and ESG in 2023?
2: Yeah, I think the key thing to watch out for is, is a sort of an uptick in concrete action. I think that that's where we've seen a shift in travel. You know, it's been spoken about, in this industry for a long, long time, ESG, and there have been accusations. I think down the years of you know people paying lip service, companies paying lip service. I think that we are we are seeing a shift away from that now, and we are seeing some actual action happening, uh, meaningful action. There's some really good examples. You know, if you look at things like the Six Senses Energy Positive Hotel in Spar. so you know there are positive steps being taken. Things like sustainable aviation fuel. I think we're seeing progress there as well in terms of its development and its adoption there's also things happening around you know reducing uh, water usage reducing food wastage
1: it's an interesting one isn't it because i guess the travel and tourism industry is historically kind of i guess quite poor for esg as a lot of companies are but you know 2023 will be interesting to see you know stopping paying lip service and actually having some action there um what what do you think hannah
0: I definitely agree with Nick in that sense. I think, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done. I mean, like our data shows that younger generations of travelers are much more interested in eco-travel and conscious of their impact on the environment, which extends into their travel patterns. Um, so companies really need to take account of this. Um, I think especially as um, sort of the younger generations are digitally native and very adept at holding companies to account via social media, or even sort of with their wallet, they'll sort of vote with their wallet.
2: One thing I would just add on this is, I think, you know, it's easy to use kind of ESG and particularly the environmental sustainability angle as a stick with which to beat companies in the travel and tourism space. Mm -hmm. But actually, I do think there's an element where travellers need to look at themselves a little bit as well, like how can they alter their behaviours you know, I, I do think that this is not a one-sided argument. This is, I think travellers do have to take some responsibility for, for themselves and the, their actions as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that fits really nicely into um, our ESG feedback loop, um, which is a framework that we've created at Global Data where it talks about that kind of pressure from stakeholders uh, to take ESG action. If there's the pressure from travellers, then obviously companies are going to want to change. But if it's not there... You know, it kind of needs to be a two-way thing. And lastly, um, which markets uh, do you think are going to emerge as top tourism players in 2023?
2: I think for me, you know, I'm looking at the GCC region. Um, I think obviously Saudi Arabia jumps out immediately because of the sort of um, incredible levels of investment that are going on there. Um, You know, what they're doing is, is, I think, on a scale that we've not seen before. Um, you know, with the Giga Projects and putting tourism as a real central pillar of Vision 2030. But it, it's not just limited to to the kingdom. I think, you know, when you look at other sort of um, countries in the GCC, again, you're seeing uh, an increased sort of focus on tourism in places like Oman. Uh, Qatar's obviously just had the World Cup. So I think for me, I, I would be keeping an eye on, on, on the GCC. But obviously, Saudi Arabia is the one that sort of stands out because of the the focus and the investment levels.
0: Perfect. Thanks, Nick. Uh, Hannah, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I think Saudi Arabia specifically is one that Nick picked out. And so part of their vision 2030 is that they are wanting to attract 100 million visitors by 2030. I mean, they've invested sort of trillions of US dollars. So it's really interesting. But I think it's important to know that, obviously, we just talked about ESG even. Um, And there are going to be a number of challenges to contend with. Um, so sort of the first one would be environmental degradation, um, sort of like how are they designing their projects? Uh, you know, things like NEOM, the Red Sea project, um, the Arabian Highlands. Um, they might need to consider more of an element of environment environmental sustainability. Um, and obviously a hundred million um visitors by twenty thirty annually is a very big target but there's sort of as we come out of Covid there's places all around the world that are trying to attract more visitors so they're going to see a very intense competition with countries and cities worldwide to attract that number of visitors.
2: Yeah I think one, one thing to just sort of clarify there is that 100 million target is obviously an extremely aggressive target but it, it that's a sort of mix of international and domestic travel and so you know a bit sort of like what Hannah mentioned earlier about China and and the sort of growing importance of the domestic market there. I think that's something that shouldn't be overlooked. And I think that the Giga projects, you know, absolutely right, that you you do need to bear in mind, you know, the environmental impacts of these things. But these are extremely technologically advanced, tech-enabled projects that are going on. And so all of the solutions that are sort of currently available are, are in play here. to to sort of minimise the impact of of the project.
1: I was going to say futuristic, but not really as it's happening right now. Um, But no, that sounds really, really interesting. Um, Thank you very much, um, Nick and Hannah, for those predictions. Thanks for listening. And from us at Global Data Thematic Intelligence, see you next time.